Welcome to On the Record with White and Case. This is the podcast where we discuss life in big law, whether you're considering a career in big law, studying at law school, or already one of us. This podcast is where you can get to know our firm and our people. Expect tips and advice, insights into our work, and find out about what lawyers actually do all day. And in every episode, we'll go off the record with our guests for the lighter side of legal life. I'm Juliette Fernandez, and this is On the Record with White and Case. And today I am here talking to Ifat Al Sharif and Samantha Kokonis, both summer associates in our New York office this summer. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. Nice to be talking to you both. Um, so I just want to kind of introduce you both a little bit and kind of the gist of this episode. Um, Ifat approached me at the beginning of the summer and just was like, we think this is you know, such a great opportunity for us to kind of sit down and talk about what it's like to be a Canadian law student and come firm at an American law firm and touch on some of the nuances that we go through and have this as a resource for anyone that's kind of in our shoes. Um, And I thought it was such a great idea um, and something that I've completely not thought about and thought would be so cool to have, um, especially going into the OCI season that's just around the corner. Um, but Ifa, you're at McGill, and Samantha, you're at um, University of Toronto. So I know that you guys have already kind of formed a group to kind of connect. So how did that get going before the summer program started? I think this group, we started this group after our tech training, I think, or sometime right before the summer program started. And I have to say this group has definitely been an important resource to have because as Canadian students in Canada, we have different experiences um, than our other uh, colleagues in the United States. So this group was interesting, just like to have a platform to share. Yeah, it was. It, I remember um, I was a 1L last summer, right when the pandemic first started, um, a 1L IP fellow at White and Case. And there was just so much uncertainty around the border and visa situations and, you know, working through virtual desktops versus actually having from computers. And so I remember that uh, the other Canadians were a huge resource for me just to bounce ideas off of. So um, I, I totally agree. It's been a great resource this year. And it's just nice to see other people that are, um, you know, in Toronto or in other cities virtually. Sam, you were a 1L last summer, um, an IP fellow in our New York um, in our New York office. So you kind of came in as a veteran to the group. So how is that kind of transitioning from it? from not being the rookie to being kind of veteran in that sense it was great because it felt like at least um at least i had some sense of what was happening but uh, i i still can't believe that the two summers i had in law school are both virtual summers that one's a bit uh, still a bit of a hard pill to swallow but it was great just even trying to remember how to use the email and some of the various systems it was nice just having a bit more experience. And so I've tried to be a bit helpful um, answering some of the like timekeeping questions or virtual desktop questions. Right, right. And kind of wearing all of the different hats too. I know everyone, once they have kind of experience with our different technologies, you're just kind of like, I'm part of the GTS team as well. How can I help you? Um, so an expert on all friends. Um, and Ifa, your kind of journey with White and Case didn't just start either as a summer associate. You had spent some time 
um, as a legal trainee in our Dusseldorf, Germany office. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that, that was an amazing experience. It was after my 1L. So I was fresh out of first year and I decided to go to White & Case in Germany because there was a partner who was doing um, cross-border disputes. So it was like Middle East law, but also in Germany, needing English. And it was super interesting. And he was the only person doing that. <laughs> and 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 it was it was just it was great. But that was also an infirm experience. So I did have some kind of white white case in infirm uh, or like in the office um, experience in Germany. And it was fantastic, which is also why I it was like a super easy decision for me to to come here to New York. Amazing. Um, so I think taking it back even before both of you know your experience as a legal trainee and then as a 1L, um, I'm always so curious on how you first hear about weight and case and what some of those um, exposure points look like or some of the resources that maybe your law school provides or you know if it's alumni reach out. How did you guys first hear about weight and case and kind of what piqued your interest? It's a great question. I, I feel like there are quite a few different touch points that you can have. And for me, it was at the University of Toronto, we have something called alumni doing cool things, where young alum who are who have interesting positions or are doing cool things, uh, come back for a lunch series. And actually, there was a, a young associate from White and Case who came all the way back to Toronto back when you could still have in-person lunches uh, and was talking about her experience with the firm and how much she loved it and the opportunity and the diversity of the groups. And she she completely sold me. So that was my first touch point and then reached out to a couple people after that. And everyone was just as lovely and just as excited about their work. I think one of the really cool things about White and Case is that we have such a big Canadian contingent here um, and curious about who you got connected with and how that's kind of translated into your summer. Yeah, there's a huge Canadian contingent here. It was actually maybe one of the first things I did hear about White and Case is that there was a ton of Canadians. Um, you know, there's Hugh Verrier, the, the chairman, the, the previous office executive partner, Eliza McDougall, the New York office is Canadian. And um, they have been an amazing resource. Uh, we even just earlier today, all the Canadian partners and some of the Canadian associates got together to welcome us Canadian summers and we had a nice chat together. So they're an amazing resource and they're such a kind group of people that are invested in seeing other Canadians down here at the firm. Did you find that when you were kind of exploring different law firms and I guess we can also kind of segue into some of the differences of being at a Canadian law school versus an American law school and what that kind of looks like. But did you find that it was difficult to, you know, do those outreach to partners and associates here? Or how, how did you go about that? And how did those kind of organic relationships form to help later decisions? I wouldn't say it was was difficult per se reaching out to people, but it does take a little bit more planning and, you know, the names of the firms and, you know, that knowledge about various firm cultures or practice areas, you just have no idea at Canadian schools. No one's talking about it. They're talking about the Toronto firms or the other firms in Vancouver or Montreal. Right. Um, so it just takes a bit more planning and, you know, reaching out and 
talking to people at these places because that base level understanding that you might get coming into one L at a U.S. school where everyone's talking about these names, you don't have that. I totally agree with with Sam. I think um, it's it's not as easy, especially when going or like working for at a U.S. law firm is not the most common path to take. But then again, reaching out to alumni who are working at U.S. firms is not the hardest thing, especially that I think that I'm not sure if it's the same in Toronto, Sam, but in Montreal, the CDO always provides us with those lists of every McGill. Yes. Yeah. And working, for example, at White and Case, and they're very approachable. Everyone is super easy to talk to. So, yeah, so it's definitely great to have these these uh, resources and it's great to to, to to find these groups because then you're going to find out about things that you probably didn't know about. So me and my some of my um, colleagues from school who are also working at uh, U.S. firms, we recently found out that we have an ethics exam to write in November, the MPREs. This is something that they don't tell you <laughs> um, in Canada. Um, and so this is definitely very important. Right. And so, and I know another major difference too is the on-campus interview experience. So can you give me kind of an overview of what that process is for you guys? Because in, for the U.S. law schools, you kind of, they have a week of OCI interviews and you register and bid on different law firms and you meet with a bunch of law firms and you have, from my understanding, and we'll hear a little bit more about the process, but a lot more time to make a decision, I think, um, than you're given during your OCI process. So what does that look like for you? That's very true. I, I think for us, it's it's broken up into a bit of a similar process with OCIs and then in firms, but based on the geography. So there will be like a Toronto firm recruiting week, OCI week, there'll be one for Vancouver, for Montreal, uh, but it's much more regulated by the law societies up here. So specific days, um, there's a certain time where you'll find out if you got an interview from every single firm. Um, the interviews, even the infirm interviews will all happen over a period of two or three days. Uh, and I think it's like a Thursday or a Friday afternoon, you get calls at the exact same time if you have offers and you have a couple hours to, to confirm or, or deny those offers. So it's much more of a condensed timeline. Um, and I think in the US, like in New York, you, the offers are open for much longer. You have more time to consider what you're looking for. Um, so it definitely is quite different. And I guess it goes back to what we were saying before. You wouldn't know these differences if you hadn't spoken to someone who'd gone through the process. You might think you have to, you know, accept or decline immediately or, um, you know, that if you don't hear back at a certain time, you're not going to get an interview ever, which is just not true for, for New York firms. So I, I look at it kind of like a double edged sword where I can definitely see the pros of having to make kind of a decision in a condensed timeline and then I can definitely see the cons, of course. From your perspective, do you think it makes it easier to make a decision knowing that you have that time constraint and you're, you know, you have to kind of say yes or no immediately? That's a tough question. I feel this is, I, I don't know. I feel when, when you're applying to U.S. firms, especially if you are in a Canadian school, you don't apply, like the options are not widely open either. And so you just usually have your mind set on like for me it was just white in case for example for others it's probably two three firms and it's not so many firms so with 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 us firms the decision is i think i'm not sure um it's easier whereas with canadian firms 
because the pool is so much wider, this is where it gets a little bit tough. Right. And of course, it's very difficult um, because you have to make a decision, a geographic decision as well, right? So you're not just deciding um, to to where to work in terms of Canada, but you also have to make a decision of where you're going to be living as well. So is it the United States or is it Canada? And this is part of your decision-making process, right? Um, and this is what makes it a little tough given the short period of time. Right. And I think you guys hit on the fact that people were probably your number one resource, you know, going through this process. But what's your biggest piece of advice kind of prepping for the interviews? And besides, you know, your initial outreach to folks at the firm, what's the best resource that you found when preparing for the interviews as well? Besides the people, I think I think the best piece of advice or the best resource is just to get really familiar with um, with the firm and the firm websites are a great place to start. I personally knew I was really interested in pharmaceutical IP litigation uh, and White and Case had a ton of pharmaceutical clients on their website. So I knew that would probably be a good fit for me. So I think that even just starting at the firm website or using um, NALP, which I don't think people use maybe as much in Canada, but to get a sense of the size of the firm or the types of attorneys or the types of people working in different practice areas is a great way to start differentiating among firms and seeing what might be the right fit for you. I think starting early is also a good idea in the sense of familiarizing yourself with firms because it's just so great that when it's interview time, you can answer the question to yourself why you want to be working at a, at this specific firm. You know, it's nice to know why you genuinely want to be there and understanding the the firm culture is is definitely useful. Awesome. So we've made it through the interview process successfully because we're here. We're 6 weeks into the summer program. What has that virtual experience been like? Obviously, it's not ideal, but I think it's going pretty successfully, but would love to hear your thoughts on what you are experiencing on a day to day. I think it's been it's been amazing. I feel the firm has really gone above and beyond to make this virtual experience less virtual, if this makes any sense. I came in um, thinking, you know, that because it's a virtual experience, we wouldn't really be able to connect to people, but it's so easy to reach out. It's so easy to schedule those virtual coffee chats and everyone is extremely approachable. I feel though, like, of course, as um, the Canadian students sitting across the border, when things are opening up in the in the States right now and like we see some summers getting together and like we have some FOMO, <laughs> but other than that, I think it's great. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something amazing. It's also amazing to see how much I don't know you develop and like when when I first started my my summer, you know, you 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 think of like the partner as a scary untouchable person and then you realize that they're funny human people. <laughs> I love that. It's so true, though. I think when you think about White and Case, you're like, honestly, they're quirky, funny human people. And obviously, one of our values. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And like you enter thinking that, you know, a summer in the end of the day, you're a summer, right? But no, like I feel with all the partners that I've dealt with, they email me directly, they speak to me directly, they address me directly. You genuinely are part of the team. 
um and and you feel a sense of belonging and i love that yeah i completely i i it is one of as you said the the value is human and i had someone ask the other day like what does that mean and i was like human like it just means that people they're they're real people and they're you know they have their own passions and things that they're excited about um and one of the biggest things for me is that they are so excited that the summers are here i've heard that so many times um, it's not, you know, they're not trying to just give you busy work. They're not trying just to to talk to you because they have to. They are so excited to come and talk to you if you ever want to chat about anything, about their work, their practice, about any work that, you know, you're currently doing as a summer that you might want advice on. Um, so for me, I was just so excited and thrilled by the fact that everyone else was so excited to have us here and to get us involved at every single level. So that's been really great. It's so true. I think you know, partners look back nostalgically and they, you know, so many of our partners are homegrown and they, you know, were summers 20, 25 years ago, some, in some cases, and everyone is just always so thrilled. I know everyone kind of takes probably like a long nap at the end of the summer. Cause you're like, what the heck just happened in the last 10 weeks? It was a whirlwind. Um, but I definitely echo the sentiment that it's just, it's such a fun time. I love to hear that that's kind of your experience. And of course, tying in our values. Um, and I love to hear too, that you kind of, you kind of hit on one of my points that everyone, it's always a buzzword of, you know, how is it to actually work with partners and how is it to actually work with associates? I loved what you said, Ifat, about just, you know, partners being human and, and everyone really is human. They have their personal lives going on and summer vacations and all of that fun stuff going on. Um, so I think the earlier in your career, you know, that, um, I think it makes it easier for you to, um, to interact with, with folks at all levels of the firm. So great to hear. Um, and I know coming in and kind of going back to some of the differences um, as a Canadian law student coming into an American law firm, what were some of the differences or nuances that you didn't really know about that you had to kind of um, get up to speed about or kind of lean on some of your colleagues um, that were at American law firms or kind of know the system a little bit better? 100% the blue book. What is the blue book? Why does it exist again? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this question, though, because like we had we had um, a writing assignment or we still have a writing assignment um, that we're we're writing and it's um, litigation. And this was the first time where I was exposed to the U.S. court system. And it took me some time to just understand what is going on in the United States. And I had to make this little chart. Um, but also some of my colleagues were extremely helpful. And, and I, had a, <laughs> I had a Zoom call with, with a colleague just to explain the blue book for me. And he gave me all the nuts and bolts of like what you need to know and what you need to bookmark and all those pages you need to have. You'll have to give me their name later because I would like the same primer. I think that would be really helpful. But um, I think ultimately a lot of people are more stressed out about coming to the U.S. Uh, being from a Canadian law school because of they think that there's lots of issues that they're not going to get or some differences between the law. And I would say ultimately it's not that big of a deal at all. It's all stuff that you'll pick up really quickly. You just need to to kind of dive into it, but it's not something that should make you feel like it may, might not be the right place for you because there's tons of Canadians down there. They've all figured it out. Just hoping that I get there soon. <laughs> we are waiting for you and welcoming you with open arms, <laughs> so you will get here when it's right. <laughs> 
I want to kind of um, dive in a little bit too on something that I'm just picking up on and I absolutely love to hear is kind of the camaraderie within your summer class um, and how much you guys kind of lean on each other. I think we do our best to set up some kind of informal meetings for you guys and, you know, make sure that you guys know that you and your peers are resources to each other as well. But how does that camaraderie form and how how different is it from what you would expect of, you know, a summer class or how you kind of get to know each other and learn from each other and lean on each other throughout the 10 weeks? The camaraderie is amazing. It's it, it was always a worry, both last summer and this summer. I don't know why I always feel this way, but you get nervous if it's virtual. Um, are people going to talk to you? Are you going to talk to each other? How will you make friendships? How will that kind of bond form? Uh, but I think starting day one, we've had for the New York summers, for example, a big group chat where people are asking questions and, and hanging out with each other or getting advice on things or asking questions about the blue book. Um, and if you're on different assignments together, uh, various assignments have two or three summers on them. You start working closely with people right away. And it just seems to form really naturally. There was a summer from last year that I, I'm, I still talk with uh, all throughout the school year. And at one point I needed a U.S. case that I couldn't find on my Canadian uh, Westlaw. Uh, so I had to message her halfway through the year and ask her if she could she could send that up to me from the States. So uh, the bonds do form and they definitely have lasted uh, quite a while. Amazing. Um, Well, just kind of wrapping up the summer associate experience, I know you kind of still have four weeks or so left of the program. um, But when you think of your time, you know, as a summer associate, what's your biggest kind of takeaway or piece of advice for some of your Canadian, you know, peers in your law classes or upcoming, you know, one else, two else that are interested in, um, in summer at an American law firm or US law firm, what would be your advice to them? I would say um, definitely don't be afraid to reach out. We just said that everyone's human and I think this is this is very real. You know, there's some kind of anxiety usually when you're sending out an email to someone that you don't know, especially if they're an associate or a partner. Um, but I think I, I would def- like this would definitely be my biggest piece of advice is like, don't be afraid to reach out and to ask all the questions. I think another really good resource is the, the three L's that have just come back from their summer. It might be a good um, kind of introductory person to talk to people that you might already know at your own school um, or at other Canadian schools because they've just recently done the summer. They might you know know of someone in the practice area that you're interested in that they could connect you with. Uh, or they could talk you through the summer program, but they might be a great resource just for what's been happening recently at those summer programs. And two other resources that I know of that I will definitely plug is Sam has an article from last summer as her 1L experience that's up on Inside White and Case. Um, hopefully we'll get to write another piece on your 2L experience and then as you join as a full-time associate and kind of just track your career. But that's up um, if you want to kind of check that out. And I know EFAT's been working on another article and kind of taking you through a day in the life of a summer associate. Um, and once that's live, we'll include it in the show notes. Um, but both are super invested in giving you pointers and tips and tricks on how to make the best of your 
summer associate experience. So they are definitely also great resources to you. Um, and before I let you guys go, I'm going to have to go off the record with you. I think we might have touched on some of the funny or what the heck moments during your summer program, and it may or may not be around blue books, but I will go off the record with you and maybe talk about a time that didn't maybe go as expected. Maybe I'll start with you, Efat. Yeah. So at the firm, um, when you're sending an email, you only see the last name of the person first and then their first name. And on my like third day, I had been addressing the partner all this time with their last name. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I was so confident. I was like, hi. And like, insert last name here. Like, I hope everything's great on your end and ETC. Until an associate had to point it out <laughs> to me by <laughs> the partner's real name was just like a very regular first name, you know. It's like, by the way, their name is like insert very simple name here, and I was like so embarrassed. Um, but it was so funny, and we laughed about it. <laughs> I love that. I mean, there is nothing that humbles you more than absolutely making, like, you think of all of the different things that could, like, maybe go wrong and all of this stuff. And the last thing you think about is Outlook, right? You're just kind of like, I know how to write an email. I know how to pay attention to detail. It's all there. And then, boom, nothing humbles you more. That is so good. <laughs> and Sam, of course, we have to get your off the record. I think uh, one thing that I didn't realize was particularly funny until this year is that last summer being virtual as well, uh, they were trying to send us Canadians laptops and two of us got them across the border, not me, sorry, two of the other Canadians and two of us, it, they just never showed up. Um, but no one made a big deal. They got us set up on you know virtual desktops and figured there was just something wrong with the border. And it wasn't until our tech training this year where all the Canadians are on virtual desktops that I find out from the, um, the, the tech instructor that they still have never gotten those computers back. Uh, so they're just a sunk cost for white in case at this point. They're still being held up at the border somewhere. And I'm responsible for the loss of a, of a computer, a white in case computer. And that's why all the Canadians have to now use virtual desktops. So I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what it says about me and my life that I would be dreaming about these things. Like the first <laughs> summer when we were sending laptops, you know, to cities and across borders and all of this stuff, I would wake up like in a panic at two o'clock. I'm like, I don't think I have this UPS tracking. And I don't know what that says about me really, but <laughs> I would say that's an ongoing off the record for me. <laughs> At all times, at any point during the day. So both pretty great, honestly. Good, good, uh, good off the record segments. Um, this has been so great. I mean, honestly, you guys are so warm and energetic and funny and bubbly and just awesome to speak with. And it's just such a pleasure. And I thank you so much for your time. Um, I know it's going to be a great resource for anyone who's listening. Um, you know, if you're going through this process, hopefully you'll have taken away something from this. Um, and like I said, we'll kind of link some of those articles that we have going um, and brochures and all of that kind of plethora of uh, resource that we have going into uh, the OCI season um, at the end of this July and August and September. Um, but thank you, Ifat and Sam, for spending a couple of minutes with me this afternoon. It was so fun. Oh, thank you for having us. You can find out more about our work, our people, and the opportunities we offer at inside.whitecase.com. 
and on our social media channels on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. On the Record is for you, our listeners, so we want to hear from you. Email your thoughts, questions, and topic ideas to us at the address in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on our next episode.